Good morning, everybody. December 11th, we have Randy Ruiz coming in speaking. Now, if you have unsaved loved ones or you have people who need to know Jesus, this is the time to bring them to church to invite them. And invite them that day because Randy Ruiz ministry has been doing this 30 plus years now. Um, and so he has, he has a lot of knowledge and a lot of heart and is led a lot by the Holy Spirit. So we're going to have some teaching from him. He's going to give us a Christmas message actually as well as I've been talking to him as we get ready to go in December to the Christmas time. And so that, those three messages are really coming up. So you have an opportunity. How many of you this morning have ever sat and honestly asked yourself the question, wasn't I created for more? Am I supposed to get through life and just get to death safe? Is that really all this world's about? It's not, but I think a lot of us, especially today, feel that. I just can't, I can't seem to, I just get by in life. You know, I live paycheck to paycheck. My kids, they don't always listen to me. Well, there's a clue they ain't always going to listen anyways, but so it's okay. But you know, my job isn't what I want. I don't really feel like I'm fulfilling anything in life. And see, if you're working hard this morning, you came in this morning tired, stressed, overworked, feeling lonely, which is a sad a sad narrative for our, our culture today. We are the more connected in history than we've ever been, yet we have more people who deal with depression and loneliness than ever before. Why? Because, I'm sorry, social media is not real connection. We need the face-to-face, the sit-down, the coffee together, the, the hanging out, the good, the bad, and the ugly, that is relationships. Okay, I'm glad you got 879 friends on Facebook. Where are they this morning with you when you're feeling lonely? See, we have a Savior who said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, I'll always be with you. We talked about it last week, how he's always watching us through our storms. But he also gave us the church. He gave us a body of believers to become a part of and to encourage, to equip, and to empower each other. And so when you're feeling lonely, Make a connection with someone here that you, can connect, that you can call up. And if that one doesn't work, call me. If that doesn't work, call somebody else. But make a connection and don't ever think you have to do this alone. Okay, Jesus is calling us today in Matthew eleven twenty eight. He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. How many of you this morning can honestly say in the last seven days you've taken a day of rest? Look at all those hands go up. How many of y'all think you're better than God? Same amount of hands went up. How many days did God work and then take a day of rest? See, we need to start becoming intentional about resting and resting in God. Now, resting is not necessarily a day off where I sit and do nothing. The resting the Bible speaks of is reconnecting to God and to each other. It's getting together, doing barbecues. It's going hunting. It's going fishing. Okay, I'm a guy. That's why I brought those two up. If you don't hunt and fish, fine. I don't care. Whatever you guys do. Tea, coffee, crafts, cribbage. Um, you know, whatever it is. But get together. Rest is about re-energizing. It's not about sleeping. 
See, we think rest is sleep. How many of y'all ever woke up from a nap and didn't feel rested at all? Yeah. Why? We thought that was rest. Because the rest Jesus is talking about is the peace that surpasses all understanding. The rest Jesus is talking about is not an obstacle to overcome, but a life to live. See, God told the Israelites, and, and, and Moses is getting ready to send the Israelites into Canaan, okay, the promised land, and they just got through wandering around the desert for 40 years. At, it wasn't that big an area, so how GPS back in that day apparently wasn't good um, because they couldn't find the promised land after that. And, okay, some of us, we, joke, we giggle about that, but some of y'all are doing the same wandering and are just as lost and ain't found the promised land God has for you yet. So slow your roll before we start giggling at the people in the Bible. See, we got to remember, we got the end of the story. Jesus went to the cross, rose, we know that. They didn't. Israelite wandered around the desert for 40 years. We know they got to the promised land, but at that time, they didn't. I'm sure some of the, and you know, where in Hebrews 11, it talks about we have a, a cloud of saints cheering us on. I'm sure some of them are, have the end of our story, and, we're like, and they're just like, seriously, dude, just take a step. It's right there. You got it. Well, we get so hung up on laughing at them that they see our, God knows our next step. We don't. And so the peace he has that surpasses all understanding, he says, I have set before you life and death. He's saying the same thing to us today. I have set before you blessings and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God and that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him. For he is your life and the length of your days and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them. Now, do you all understand this morning that God has swore to your fathers and your mothers heaven for you? Just got to accept it. See, the promised land we speak of today is heaven. See, your journey in life has led you here this morning. And that's why I'm excited for all of you. Just like the Israelites have to make a choice, would they choose to love God and place him first in their hearts, or wouldn't they? Every day we have that same choice. Are we going to seek his kingdom first, or are we going to try to figure it out on our own? Or are we going to listen to what the news tells us? Or are we going to listen to what social media tells us? Or are we going to listen to what this news organization or this? No Who are we going to follow? You want to know why I know there, there's so much loneliness and depression today? Because people watch too much news. They are confused by everything that's saying, well, I agree with this guy more, so he must be right. So now all it does is create division. You know, I can go back to the COVID. Do we wear a mask? Don't we wear a mask? Do we meet? Don't we meet? You can't, as a pastor, there's no way for us to win. We were getting yelled at from both sides. We were never good enough. And like I said, I told you before, I've got a pastor friend of a large church, large church that that happened to him. When they started meeting again and wearing masks, they, they weren't trusting God because they were wearing masks. And then when they got rid of the masks, they didn't care about people anymore. How do we win? We win by following Jesus, not public opinion. See, I'm going to go over three invitations that God has given us this morning. And we are, we are all going to be somewhere different in these invitations. 
They are all three invitations that God is giving us, but you have to remember, we're all at different places. We all aren't on the same place in our faith journey. We all aren't in the same place in following God. It doesn't make anyone any less. In fact, the Bible tells us if you're more, a mature, more of a mature Christian, you should be coming alongside the immature or less, lesser knowledgeable Christians and help them along. Not judge them because they don't know. See, so we're all in different places, and God has actually given us all different prerequisites of saying, guess what? If you're here, your job is to take care of what's here. Think about Jesus for a second. Again, when we think about the Last Supper, before that, do you all remember what he did with the disciples? He washed their feet. And Peter's like, nah, dude, you ain't washing my feet. Sorry, that's all, that's all good. That's how he talks with me. And, and Jesus is like, no, I've got to wash your feet because if I don't do this, none of you is going to be clean. You've you got to understand, if you want to be great in my kingdom, you've got to be a servant to all. And I put on the image and I put on the dress of a servant to wash your feet because I want you to understand when you love people, who you belong to is more important than what you're doing. So you'll care less about what people think because you know whose you are. You know, we want to walk around and say, well, Jesus was God. That's how he could do all that stuff. That's how he could go, you know, and talk to people that, you know, my friends, they just won't listen to me, so I don't really want to talk to them because they're going to be embarrassed. You know, how, Jesus would have been able to do it because he's God. Well, no, Jesus was able to do it because he knew who his father was. When we know our father, we do what he's called us to do. And so when we know whose we belong to, we know what we can do. See, so when we look at these this morning and we look at what I just read and what Moses had given the Israelites, you know, you have before you life and death, blessing and cursing, are you going to love God or aren't you? Those are all, they're all invitations. It's, it's optional. So these three invitations that God, I'm going to give you this morning are optional. You don't got to pick any of them. But I can tell you from my life experience that if you choose the option to follow God, your life will be better. Not perfect. Okay, you're still going to struggle with things. You're still going to have problems. But you have peace that surpasses all understanding. So the first invitation that we all received, no matter where you're at at your journey, no matter what you're doing, the first invitation says, come to the water. See, in John 7, 37 and 38, it says, now on the last day, this great the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost beings will flow rivers of living water. Now, if you go into verse 39, it's saying he's talking about the Holy Spirit. But I want you to think for a moment, what does water do? It refreshes. It restores. You know, we, we, we call about the, talk about the spring rain. Why? Because the grass... The, 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 the land needs it to come back to life. And we also need the refreshing water of the Holy Spirit to come in and wash us clean. To refresh our lives. Spiritually, when we come to the water, it says you're, you're, you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit and now that water that is in you will be overflowing out of you. See, when you've gone through some stuff or say, like, I was hunting yesterday. Okay, and, and 
one of, somebody got a deer that we were with, so guess what? You get a little bloody when you're cleaning it up. Do I look that way this morning? No, I took a shower. I washed my hands of the blood. I washed my hands of the dirt. I washed my hands. This is exactly what Jesus wants to do for you at the cross. He said, I want to take the dirt of your past, the dirt of your shame, the guilt feeling you have. I want to take the sins that you think no one can know about because they'll never understand and they'll never forgive you. I've taken those to the cross and I've washed you as white as snow. Yeah, we, we, we got to get a little excited. You know, the song we were listening to this morning, it talks about how, how my, my scarlet sins had a crimson cost. So we thank God that he was nailed to that cross because that crimson cost was his blood and it was poured out for us. Why? So we could live a life to get to death safe? No, so we could be clean and be dangerous for him. So when we come to the water and as we read in our verse, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. God asks you and is, and is inviting you into his presence for rest and restoration. And it is a physical resting, it is an emotional resting, and it is a spiritual resting. Why? Because he knows we need it. You know, we joke, and on Mondays, I try to do nothing. Because honestly, most Sundays, I am just physically, spiritually, and emotionally drained. Because I don't know about you, but Sunday mornings for me are a big deal, and I want to make sure I'm not screwing this up. And I keep taking less notes all the time. Um, and God's challenging me more to just dive deeper with him. And he's challenging you to dive deeper with him. Remember the verse, how we started our church, where we walk out to be about ankle deep, and then we get out about knee deep, and then we get out about waist deep, and then we get out so far that we can't even cross it anymore because we have to swim through it. That's the invitation God has for you. If some of you are at that ankle deep this morning, understand he's asking you to take that next step. Go about knee deep. Don't go crazy yet. Don't go all nuts. You know, don't dive in yet. You can if you want to, but I'm saying don't think you have to. But at least take the next step. And if you're at knee deep, take the next step to go chest deep. Because I can, I can, I can tell you, again, from my life, the, the farther you go and, and the more uncomfortable it is, the more exciting the return. You want to see God show off, show up. Let him show off. He's waiting to. I was talking with somebody this morning. This is, you know, today is, it says, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Give thanks to the Lord, you know. Praise the Lord. It, all over in Scripture you can see it. And when we understand that God says, you come into, into my water and you're going to get refreshed and I'm going to fill you with water so you can go out and fill other people. Why? Because we want to give them rest. We want to get them restoration. We want to get them refreshing. We want them to know there's more to life than what they're doing. And the second invitation after we go into the water, he then says, come into the light. Now, I'm going to be honest. This one is hard. Adam, do me a favor real quick. Actually, not, no, Nick, do me a favor. Shut these lights off. Nope, nope, right next to you. Just shut those lights off. How well do you guys see me? So-so, right? Flip them back on again. This is what happened when we step into the light of Christ. Now, why it's so scary? It is shining on every little thing in our life, and we don't like it. 
It's like, no, 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 let me shadow that part, God. You don't want to see that part of my life where I struggle with that. And so we try to hide it. But see, when we come into the light of Christ, there is nothing hidden. That's why it's so hard to step into it. Ephesians 5.13 says it's this way. But all things become visible, are visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. See, so when we come to Christ, our prayers and our decisions tend to focus on external circumstances. God, can you change this? Can you make this better? We don't pray for the internal change that God's really going for. See, your prayer life is less about changing your circumstances and more about transforming us. If you've you've read through Scripture where Moses or Abraham was praying for the city of Sodom and Gomorrah that they wouldn't, it wouldn't be destroyed. And again, I giggle just because I find Scripture funny sometimes. And it says, God, if there's 50 people, would you still kill it? Okay, I'll save it for 50. Now, it didn't take his word for it because what did he do next? He said, no, how about 40? Yeah, okay, 40, I'll save it for 40. Abraham still ain't believing him. He goes, no, no, how about 30? Will you save it if there's only 30 people? All God was doing was drawing Abraham into a relationship with him. Why? Because God knew what he was going to do. Abraham didn't change his mind, but he changed Abraham. Because he knew God was faithful. See, our prayers have to change our attitudes. Because God would rather change us than our circumstances. Life is hard sometimes. But that, that mess and that test you're going through will become your message and your testimony of how faithful God is if you just hang on. See, you've heard my story of my white-knuckle times with God where I'm driving and my, I'm white-knuckling the steering wheel and I am crying out to God, why is this going on? Why is this happening? What's going on with this? Why, why, can't, why am I not seeing you change this? And then all of a sudden God says, are your problems bigger than me? And I'm like, okay, I'm an idiot, God. You're right. They're not. And so then I have to repent before I can pray some more. See, if you're like most people, we'll resist the invitation to come into the light because we're longing to be accepted by the world and not accepted by the Father. See, we feel more drawn to God's love than ever before when we're drawn into the light, but we are also more exposed. Now, see, if Nick shuts those light off, you can't see all the messed up things on my face. How my eyebrows are too bushy and my eyes are too close, whatever. If the lights are off. But if they're on, guess what? You see all my flaws. (laughs) Thank you for that encouragement this morning. See, my flaws and my sins never seem more obvious than when I draw closer to God. But please, don't turn away from this invitation. Because the Bible says God is light, and in him there is no darkness. And so when he shines his light on you, it's not to show what's wrong with you. It's to show what could be right. How you could have a better light. See, God, allow God's light to enter those dark areas of your life. It's, it's humbling, but it's wonderful. Ask for when he shows you those things. Ask for his love and his forgiveness in them. Accept his healing. Don't think, don't, please, 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 don't ever say, well, I've always struggled with this. 
Why? Because I've never heard Jesus say, I'm glad you've always struggled with it so I can't heal it. We've spoke in most of our own problems. Do you trust God to heal it or don't you, is what it comes down to. And then you walk it out in faith. You let him change your mindset. You let him change your thinking as, as you walk into that light. Because only after that cleansing will real communion be possible. Have, once past wrongs are dealt with and they're resolved, a new friendship and a new depth of friendship can begin. How many of you ever, okay, <laughs> for you guys that are married, how many of you guys have ever forgiven your spouse for something? <laughs> she never had to forgive you or you never had to forgive her? <laughs> okay. <laughs> she ain't even here. You know that. Hopefully she's watching online today. <laughs> have you noticed, though, in those times and those struggles when you forgave and you, you worked it out, you became closer? That's what God wants to do with you. When you receive his forgiveness, you can draw closer to him and be into that intimate relationship with him. See, when your relationship with God deepens, it deepens into a genuine trust in his character and who he says he is. And then you'll be ready for the final invitation. Come higher. See, God has called us into his presence, into his rest, into his peace, into his joy to go higher. Not to limit your dreams, but to expand your dreams. To make your dreams bigger than what you think they could even be. And all, I don't think I wrote, did I write this down? Yes. Joshua 3, 5. As they were getting ready to cross into the, to the promised land. Okay, Moses had said, make a choice. You know, clean, you know. Do you, want to, do you want life or death? Do you want blessings or cursings? Do you want to follow God and make him the most important thing? And then Joshua is there getting ready to, to walk in. Joshua tells the people of Israel, and God is calling his church today to consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. How many of y'all want to see God do something? Yeah. Then we have to consecrate ourselves, which means we're set apart for God. God is calling us to do something different, to be somebody different, not because he doesn't like who we are, but because he knows who you are. See, our job is to fully surrender to God. And that's all we got to do is fully surrender to Jesus. And it says, when you fully surrender to Jesus, I will, I will take what you've given me. When you've given me all the broken pieces, I can put them back together. And then it's, and his own word says, be holy because I am holy. So he's called you his royal priesthood. He's called you holy. How many of y'all feel holy this morning? Perfect. Because when you don't think you feel holy, Jesus says you are holy. Who are you going to trust? Yourself or Jesus? See, too often we listen to ourselves, don't we? I'm not good at this. I just can't do this. What am I supposed to say to this person? I'm too fat. They won't like me. What if they don't accept what I say? And we never hear Jesus tell us we're loved. We let our own self-voices drown out the voice of God. 
And so we set ourselves apart for his work, understanding that, guess what? He knows all, your, all of our messes. And yet, he still loves us. He knows the things I still deal with. And yet, he calls me chosen. He knows the things you struggled with last night. He knows the things you're struggling with this morning. And tells you this morning you are his. See, when we understand we can come to him for refreshment in his water and be cleansed by his blood, and then we can come in to the invitation to say, God, I need your peace. I need your love. I need, I need who you're calling me to be. Show those places in me, God, that are, that, are, that are still struggle with. Shine your light on those so they can be forgiven, so those past hurts that I buried deep can be forgiven, that I can walk them out, that I can get together with somebody. Now that I, now that I can see, sometimes we just got to give our problems a name. And once we name them, then we can deal with them. And so then I can go find somebody I can talk to because there are people who that's what, that's what their job is, then they are very good at it. And I thank them and, and pray blessings for those people who, who can sit down with people and help them and walk them through things. See, I'm not saying this is a one-size-fits-all thing. I'm saying just, just take the step with God and then let Him direct your steps. Now, do I believe Jesus can heal everything? Yes. Without a doubt, I expect it. I want to see it. I constantly pray for it. But I'm also knowledgeable enough to know that not everybody has that gift of faith. And saying, guess what? If I need to go talk with somebody, then I'm going to go talk with somebody. It doesn't make me a weaker Christian. It makes me a realist that says, guess what? I can't deal with this on my own. I need somebody I can talk to. But you'll get a Christian who says, well, you just got to trust Jesus. Well, yeah, that's the first step. But Jesus gave other people knowledge to do their jobs. Or did he not? I'm glad I got a doctor that's going to do my shoulder surgery and not some random person on the street. Seriously. Come to your pastor if you have some spiritual questions. Come to another believer if you have spiritual questions. But if you have other things going on, go to the people that God gave the knowledge and the wisdom to do that. Because again, as I read my Bible, God has never put anybody in positions that he didn't plan to be in those positions. But we have to use his Holy Spirit and his wisdom as we walk it out. See, your dream, no matter how big your dream is for your life, no matter how big you think it is, it's always going to make a tiny God. God is calling you to a deeper relationship with him. Your dream is meant to be, more, to be about more than just yourself. Your God-given dream begins you together with God and you get to walk it out in the world around you so God can work through you for someone else. See, every gift God's given you, every, every talent he's given us is, been, is, is meant for someone else. There are people in your life nobody else will be able to reach but you. Not me. Not bringing them here. Your testimony of what God has done in your life and what you've walked through will reach more people around you than anything they hear online. Because it's personal. I can watch some sermon on, sermons online and they're awesome. But I'm telling you, when I'm in the presence of God at a, at a church or at somewhere where God is just moving, I will pick that every time. That's why this is so important to get. That's why it's so important. And, and again, unless you're there, you just can't experience it. 
And so those people that you're thinking about this morning of, well, they're just that, well, they didn't want to get up this morning, well, they, they were going to go hunting this morning, and so you didn't even invite them and give them a chance to say no. So you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to challenge you all to just give them a chance to say no. How do you think I've done most of the fundraising for this church? I've given people the option to tell me they don't want to give. I'm still going to ask. I don't care what their answer is. I don't want to short I don't want to shortchange someone's blessing by saying, okay, I know they don't have much money, so I'm not going to ask them for money. I'm going to go over here because I know he's got money. Look at how he dressed all night. I'm just over in this area, not picking Sean. I'm in, in this area over here, so don't, don't, don't all of you be looking at Sean right now. This, this guy in the front row in the suit, he got lots of monies right here. And so I'm, see, now you guys are looking at him. Uh, and so I'm going to go to him and ask him because he's got he's, he's to be able to give me money. It says in the Bible that says God shows no favorites. If you're treating this person over here dressed better than this person over here who isn't dressed as good, you are sinning by saying he's better than they are. Now, Jesus also said the widow in her giving of two mites gave more than everybody else that gave out of their extra. So guess what? I'm going to give this person over here the chance to say no. I don't know what's going on in their life, and I don't know what God's going to do to them. See, it's not whether or not they want to give to me. It's whether or not God's going to touch them. And sometimes just some giving is a huge blessing for somebody. See, there is nothing God cannot do in and through a person who is fully committed and consecrated to him. And so as we wrap up this morning, as we finish up this morning, we want to take time to open our hearts and ask God to forgive us of anything that might be going on in our life that we know is wrong. Take time to ask for that forgiveness. If, as, as the Bible tells us, you know, if you've got anger in your heart when you bring your, your, your um, offering to the altar, I was trying to think of what it was for a second there, and, and you have anger in your heart, set that down and go, go get this set right first. So God wants you to get set right first. If there's something going on in your life, you know, don't get on the phone right now if it's your brother and you've got to call him up and say, hey, dude, sorry I did this to you. Do that later, but ask God to forgive you right now, okay? We don't need everybody calling their families right now. Hey, call my mom. And so we don't want to do that right now. But we want to get it right in our heart. Because God can't accept an offering that's not consecrated to him. And so we need to make sure we're setting ourselves apart for him this morning. See, our job is to fully surrender. That's our part. Our part as we consecrate ourselves is being set apart, being wholly usable for God. And we, God recognizes that. And when we hear his voice, we obey. That's my part. God's part in this says, tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things when you set yourself apart for him. And tomorrow, as it's said here in Scripture, as we know God has no time, could happen for you today. Just a simple prayer this morning of you setting yourself apart for God could bring a healing that you've never experienced because he says, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day I will do amazing things. And so we know for sure that it's not ourselves who are doing these amazing things for only God can do the supernatural. For God, that is his natural only God can change our hearts. Only God takes our messes and turns them into messages. He is giving us a ringside seat to watch what he's going to do in the spiritual realm. He 
He's called you to work with him. He's called you to let him work through you. 